0: And of a model done about 40,000 times, 99 out of 100 times, I'm winning the general election. So we are really, really excited about this. But what that means is that I have huge targets on my back already. I can tell you that I'm not even in office yet, and MSNBC actually came down to do a one-hour documentary on Florida 13 and flipping it and I can also tell you that we had to step into the arena which is part of the job we know what we're getting into but to sit across from a reporter that's putting out messaging to about 10 million people to have that reporter tell me that I was putting out disinformation because I was talking about human sex trafficking at the US Mexico border should show the American people how bad it's gone not just in the media but in Washington DC in sitting there and arguing with this woman, she sat there and said that child trafficking was a made-up Republican conspiracy theory talking point. And that went to air. And it didn't just air on MSNBC, it aired on NBC, Telemundo, Univision. It went everywhere. But the point is is that when you are stepping into that arena, when you are stepping into politics, you realize that, everything that you say will likely be taken out of context and skewed but you have to stand firm in your beliefs and you have to stand firm in your faith and really that's what's brought me where I'm at today you know earlier this past year I actually lost my dad and I tell you that not to make you feel bad for me but right before he passed away one of the most awesome things that could possibly happen happened I was sitting in the hallway with him And me and my dad used to bicker all the time, but in a loving way, I'm sure. If you have a daughter and they're like headstrong, you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, But I sat there with my dad and he goes, Anna, I know you're going to win, but I'm not going to be there to see it. And I would get so mad. Dad, why are you saying that? And then he passed away. But when I see what's happening in D.C. and I look at it not from a Democrat versus Republican perspective or a left versus right perspective, but from the perspective of we really are fighting in a spiritual battle right now. I can tell you then it all starts to make sense. When I first went up to DC this last election cycle, I actually met with the House Freedom Caucus. The House Freedom Caucus is the most constitutional conservative faction of Congress. They also, for those of you who might not know, they actually have a church. And they invite every single member, 436 plus members of Congress, to go to church with them on Sundays. And do you know how many people show up? Maybe 25, 30? Okay but they do that because they realize what we're up against every single member of Congress when I was up there even just two weeks before the repealing of Roe v. Wade which can I get an amen for that Amen. (laughs) but I was up there and I was talking to Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene and she was telling me and, and Andy was there she goes you know we were praying that this would happen that just one justice would come forward and say we have to repeal because it's wrong what's happening you have the Church of Satan Okay, that's actively saying that they've made it their number one objective to take the right for for choice to the Supreme Court again. I mean, in what part of history, in what part of perspective for humanity do you ever want to be aligned with the Church of Satan? Never. But that's the point is that this is becoming a more spiritual battle. And for Andy and I's story, who knows our story on why we're life? Just a real quick show of hands. Okay, my father, my mom got pregnant very young. My father asked her to have an abortion. She actually said no, walked home, and kept me. And that's why I'm here today. It's because my mom chose to do the right thing. Stand up for that. But when I later met my husband, Andy, he told me one of the first things he said after he asked me out was, I'm adopted. We found his birth family at 22 or 23 years old. It turns out that Andy is actually a byproduct of rape. Him and his twin brother were adopted out, but those people that say, well, I'm, you know, I might be a Christian, but I'm for pro-life, except in the instance of rape and incest, no one is ever going to tell you the circumstance in which they come into this world. But the point is, is that Andy, even though those were the circumstances in which he was conceived, went forward to receive a bronze star and a purple heart and literally fought terrorism in Mosul. and yet those people would say that he had no right to live so that is the number one thing that we are fighting today I had my Democrat opponent Eric Lynn sit there and say that I was a right-wing pro-life extremist and that's why he needed to fundraise and people needed to vote for him well you know I am a pro-life extremist I believe and I'm not hiding that (laughs) So we use our stories, we use our stories to connect with the younger generation. As you all know, our generation, millennials forward, we get our information from something called social media. Social media, I would argue, yes, we have inflation, yes, we have rising gas prices, and yes, we have the threat of communism. But how that's happened is they've taken our ability to be able to talk to one another, to put correct information out there. There was a poll that was done among Democrats nationally after the 2020 election cycle and they said, if you knew the information about Hunter Biden's laptop, if you knew that that was real, would you have voted for Mm -hmm. Biden or no? Mm -hmm. And there was a massive percentage that said they wouldn't have. They are taking our ability to tell each other the truth. To talk about solutions and to really save this country. Because I can talk to you all and I know you won't think that I'm crazy, you guys know that George Washington, that was, I mean, that man was blessed by God. There's no question in my mind about that. But he actually had a story that a lot of people don't know about. It was George Washington's vision for America, it was prior to the Revolutionary War. And he was actually visited by an angel. He was shown the outcome of the Revolutionary War. He was shown the outcome of the Civil War, that it would establish a union. But then he saw a third vision in which the United States would come under attack by a red plume of smoke. Mm. Just real quick, quick show of hands, shout it out if you want. Who, what do you think that represents? Uh, Communism. Communism. And it came from the East, it came from Africa, and it came from South America and those are all places right now that the Chinese government is currently working they're using our own First Amendment against us by creating division in this country by suppressing our ability to talk about it they're controlling us economically and if you are a threat to them they will come for you and your family I promise you that Andy and I know exactly what we're getting into we are still here today because we believe in fighting for this country and we are patriots not just for us but for all of you all of your grandchildren all of your children and for future generations yeah, thank praise you God. so this election on August 23rd it will go red there will be a representative that is a republican in congress but it will be your guys's decision as to who that representative is i can tell you knowingly being vetted, not only as a Trump-endorsed candidate for Florida 13, but also endorsed by the House Freedom Caucus, which is, again, it was co-founded by Governor DeSantis. It was also to Jim Jordan. Who knows who Jim Jordan is? Yeah, he's one of their firebrands. Scott Perry, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boeber, all of the people that you see literally holding the pass right now until reinforcements get in, that's the House Freedom Caucus. They have invited me to join, so when I am elected, I will be joining the House Freedom Caucus. I am for term limits. Thank you. (laughs) I am for term limits, but I can also, too, say that I am literally the only vetted pro-life pro-God, pro-gun and anti-globalist candidate for office, and that is exactly what we are fighting right now. And so in the back, I have Sam. Sam, if you want to hold up your hand real quick. Sam is one of our staffers. He's actually also, too, he might look young, but he came from Representative Lauren Boebert's office. We also have a few more staffers that came directly from President Trump's White House working on the campaign. I can tell you and hopefully give you the assurance that President Trump is not only very invested in this race, but our... Uh, our our advisors are actually from Trump's team. And so this is a very key race. I mean Florida 13. It's weird because when I compare this race to other races around the country I can tell you that there's just something about this district. It is sometimes I'll be with Andy and I'll talk to people and you guys all know what I'm talking about where you have such like a visceral reaction from someone but they just hate you and they don't even know you. I get that and I'm like man I'm gonna pray for that person. seriously I am because that is what we're up against you know when you are bringing the truth when you have that spirit sometimes your spirit will make another's unsettled that's what we're seeing but we're gonna win it I ask for your prayers if you guys want to get involved please get with Sam he has information in the back we actually brought things for you so we have stickers if you want to put one on your car we have yard signs with us if you want to take one home but also too we're gonna need door knockers sign waivers people that can actually go out into the community and share our message because what we're finding is because I am the candidate that I am. We're still being suppressed by big tech, and we're one of the only ones. Right. Okay, that That's should right. show you a strong indicator of who the threat is it should show you when you have MSNBC down here trying to attack us and uh, you have Forbes magazine going after us that we are a massive threat not just to the status quo of what exists currently but the potential that we have to target the largest voting minority in the country which are Hispanic Americans which will I believe have been brought and activated now to help save this country because we are Christian Judeo-based face and culturally, we are conservative, and so we will be targeting that. Real quick, do I have time to take questions? Or okay, so I I want to just open this up to you guys all right now. I do believe that if there's something that I can answer, if you guys have questions, I don't claim to know everything, but I promise you, if I don't know the answer, I'll get back to you (laughs) as soon as I can. Um, Do you guys have questions for me about the campaign currently, about what President Trump is up to? about the state of our nation, anything? Anne, I have a question. And then I'll Would you please share with the audience how President Trump endorsed you? Yeah, so the endorsement process, to be clear, I was endorsed in the general election last time. I am endorsed for the 2020 primary election this time. So President Trump actually Typically, sometimes he'll stay out until a general election, but he saw exactly the landscape here and he's like, no, no. <laughs> We're not letting this happen. You're, you're it. So he tapped me in. So the endorsement process is extensive. I actually did not know that I was being put in for it when I started the initial process. So I actually initially went through, it was a um, an interesting like survey questionnaire. It was about 300 questions. but. I didn't know that that was for the endorsement. Okay. I just, I thought it was kind of, we get questionnaires all the time from different organizations, et cetera. So I thought it was one of those things. Um, I was then asked to come to DC and I was in this dark room. I felt like, you guys ever see those old cop movies where there's like the light on, you're in a dark room and it's just you and you're getting, okay, it was like that. I was interrogated for about an hour. But in this meeting, they basically, I don't want to say they offered me, but they, they wanted to see if I would take the easy way out. okay? And what I found in DC when I ran the first time is I wasn't even elected to office yet. And they, I was approached by a lobbyist, and they basically told me that if I would help them on tariffs, um, that President Trump was waging on their foreign-made auto parts, that they would help get me a brand new Corvette, and that it was totally legal. And so to put it in perspective, that is what happens every single day the longer that you are there you're wondering why people like Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell are worth millions and millions of dollars Mm -hmm. on a congressional salary or Senate salary it's because of corruption and that happens on both sides so anyways, I'm in this room and I'm basically being interrogated and I was fighting like I was like actually like not fist fighting but I was fighting with them and I left and I thought I bombed the meeting I was like well guess I'm not gonna be getting their help and this was pointless. And about forty-five minutes later, I got a phone call, and they said that was one of the best meetings we've had in like ten years. When can you get to New Jersey? And I was like, Well, what's in New Jersey? They're, they're go. Oh, the president. They're going to meet with you. And so I was like, Okay. So I talked to Andy, and I flew up to New Jersey. But even then, so just because you get the meeting doesn't mean you're getting the endorsement. Okay, it's up to the president who he endorses. And. We were supposed to see him at around three, and it got moved to five. And there was another guy in front of us. The guy comes out, he didn't get the endorsement, he looked bummed. So I'm thinking, Great, it's my one day for the endorsement. Is he in a bad mood? Is he in a good mood? I'm meeting the leader of the free world. This is a lot of pressure. And Andy's there with me, and we walk in, and literally his office that we were in was probably a little bit no bigger than this stage right here. And I sit down right here, and there's President Trump, and on the right hand side, he had a gold plated 45 that said 45 (laughs) on it. (laughs) Well played, Trump. (laughs) And he sits there and he starts with his own questions and in front of me calls someone to verify that I'm telling him the truth and I understand why he does that because when we had the House, the Senate and the executive branch it was our own party that was working against him. But after about 20 minutes, which I didn't know, usually the meetings only last 20 minutes, then it started going long, so I was with him for about an hour. I advised him yes my opinion on social media on the gubernatorial race on Hispanic outreach and after about an hour he they, I think they had, had to go to dinner but he goes all right I'm going to endorse you get the hell out of my office he winked and like threw us a hat <laughs> but the point was is that you know this man had a stack of papers about this thick on his desk on uh, probably it probably had my blood type I'm sure it had my credit score I mean like everything and yet he chooses who gets to Basically, carry the torch because that's what this is about. Can you carry on the America First message after he's no longer there? Is he going to be running for office again in 2024? Absolutely. I think Governor DeSantis will be waiting until 2028. Although Trump just said he would be considered Trump or DeSantis as his running mate. I just don't want to lose DeSantis. <laughs> no, no. We are, we are re- really like leading the nation right now in conservative politics, yes. and it's because of yeah. DeSantis and because of Trump, really. So yeah. we don't want to lose him yet. <laughs> <laughs> so that's in a nutshell my endorsement.
1: Just, uh, tell us the you and Kevin
0: Last year, there was a guy that was talking about murdering me. He said that he was a satanic person that was tied to the Masons. Kevin Hazlett was his attorney. I did not get the restraining order because I didn't have enough evidence, even though we had seven people testifying in court and there was a recorded phone call and text messages. I can tell you that there's an ongoing federal investigation with the Department of Justice, but tell me one person in here that would represent someone like that. Would any of you do it? seriously like seriously would you guys No. okay well, I am really really just the political process and the way that things happen with campaigns yes. I've seen it all but the one thing I can tell you is that there are wolves in sheep's clothing and I don't know one person in this ru- room that would do that Everywhere. so to put it in a morale perspective <laughs> Yes. You
2: weren't
0: on the ballot then. Are you now? It's all the way up to Turpin Springs. So the district itself goes, so um, everything east of 19 in St. Pete only is now a part of Florida 14, which is Tampa Bay, Kathy Castor's district. Everything to the other side of it goes all the way up to Turpin Springs, and that is including Florida 13, and it's literally the it's a very very red seat. I can tell you that just kind of on a hunch. I don't think it was a hunch. I think it was some <laughs> guidance. <laughs> but uh, we actually started going up to Tarpon Springs about five and a half months ago, quietly, and we didn't tell anyone we were up there. We were just working hard, and so I actually was really able to connect and reach out and and really I think get the blessing of some of the faith leaders for the Greek Orthodox Church up there. And to piggyback off of what you were saying earlier, having pastors and preachers and priests get involved in the political discussion. So important, I can tell you right now that when we attended St. Nicholas Cathedral, we were there on Sunday last week, actually, they invited us to attend the service, to have in Greek and then in English, the priests go up there and say, it is wrong for Christians and members of this congregation to say that they are for abortion for this reason. That gave me chills. I was like, this is it. I'm at the right church. (laughs) So that's kind of my litmus test on like when I actually go out there and I engage with members of the faith community, you know, you have a big responsibility. These people are looking to you for guidance and direction, and it is so incredibly refreshing to see people get involved at the faith level because you know what? The left is doing it. George Soros spent millions of dollars giving to church organizations that are now pushing anti-biblical values within the church family, and that's not right. Tarpon Springs is in it. All right. Mona. I just want, I don't think anybody can acknowledge it. You're a veteran also. I am. Salute, ma'am. Thank you. <laughs> just to say a little bit about your service. So I served, I served six years, uh, five years active duty, one year at the Guard in the United States Air Force. I received an honorable discharge. I met Andy there about eight months into the military and got married within a month of dating. So that was kind of quick. We knew it was 12 years ago. <laughs> um, but it was... The best thing I could have ever done, I always talk to young people, and I have a lot of young women, especially, that are like, you know, we know that you were in the military, we want to do it. Unfortunately, right now, because of how politicized the military's made it with Joe Biden, there are a lot of conservative service members that are getting kicked out and getting out in general. And it's not right. My husband, Andy, got out in December because, from a religious perspective, we did not want to take the vaccine. And so he was discharged. Honorably. <laughs> but the point is is that as we continue forward, we realize that military members can't always speak out because there's a different standard that we're held to. However, there can be representatives that can do it on their behalf. And during everything that happened with COVID nineteen after the withdrawal in Afghanistan, we I actually received I want to say upwards of maybe fifteen thousand messages on my social media accounts from uh service members and their family members that were upset about what was happening. So For everything that we're doing, we also know that we are still and we still have friends that serve, so we are still actively engaging with the active duty military community. But then also to I mean both Andy and I receive our care at Bay Pines, so we're kind of undercover bosses, right? You go in there and you see the treatment that they're receiving. And I will say that it's actually really good because a lot of what we hear messaging wise from constituents in the district I actually know when we're going there you know I know exactly what they're talking about I know what needs to be fixed but that needs to be duplicated on a national level and so it is very much so a point of our platform to hit those veteran issues but from a place of experience not just reading it in a book thank you mana thank you guys for being here Uh,
1: Our election system is broken Mm -hmm. Um, the uh, reason we're in the boat in my view that we're in right now is because of big tech has suppressed our voices Um, so how do you
0: propose we overcome that so there's two different angles for big tech section 230 I think is a paper tiger what you have to do is declare tech big tech a public utility and then also to there's two different angles because there's the angle of just being a normal citizen using having fair access and not being discriminated against but then you have the angle of a candidate and someone who's running for office which to be clear I actually used my campaign to sue Twitter it was brought to the FEC which is the Federal Elections Commission and do you know what they told us they told us that it was not their job to enforce election law Mm -hmm. so it's if it's not the FEC C's job, whose job is it? They said that the laws were actually so out of date for Congress to protect congressional candidates that they only cover down on radio, print, and television for fair usage rule. That it had to be rewritten to cover down on tech, so that candidates running for office could actually have fair access to these platforms. So when you get in, you have to have someone that actually knows how to use a social media platform, knows what they're doing on the front and back end and how the algorithms work. And I so happen to be, for my day job, a massive social media personality. I have about a million people that I interact with on across all my platforms on a regular basis. So I know how to write that legislation, and I hope to do that. I can tell you right now that you need a certain number of members to sponsor the bills, and that every single member of the House Freedom Caucus sp- like thinks about this from the same perspective. And so in order to fix it, you have to write the legislation to protect candidates running for office, you have to treat them like a public utility, and then you have to break them apart similar to what happened with AT&T. Or you have the Sherman Antitrust Act, which we should be doing, but there's a lot of lobbying money coming in. Um, in regards to the election itself, though, here in the state of Florida, Governor DeSantis, I think just yesterday, did another big thing for our elections here. But unfortunately, we need this legislation to be in places like Philadelphia and California right. and Arizona, mm-hmm. and it's not. And so, the way that you can actually prevent that from happening again is you actually one, you have to have election day. Literally, be a national holiday. In-person voting one day, no, no mail yes. afterwards. Mm-hmm. And then also, right. too. I mean, they did weaponize COVID nineteen. That is not. Absolutely. That is not a lie. That did happen, Absolutely. and so we're seeing that now. But it, to piggyback off of that, if you guys have any questions on that, head to two thousand mulescom This is not a, sp- yep. a paid sponsorship for two thousand mules but you guys really should check it out and watch the documentary. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. Any more questions? Yeah,
2: one, one more, Anna. When you get in. dictating, the mm-hmm. lies, the basically perjury and everything, will the ones that perjured themselves and did things like that, would they be held accountable?
0: I think that we have to take back the presidency before that happens because those appointments for who's head of those departments is done by the Biden White House and they are so corrupt. There's a book called The Man Behind the Curtain. You can listen to the Audible, you should watch it. It talks about who really makes up the Biden administration and what ties that they have to these globalist organizations that really hate this country and hate all of you guys. And um, that's what we're really seeing right now. You know, I can tell you that just using my case, for example, and like what happened to me last year with this crazy guy, if I was a Democrat, that guy would have been arrested already. Right, yes. And he's not. Okay. So to put in perspective, if that's happening to this, I mean, I could only imagine right. up there. Mm-hmm. The oh, yeah. I mean, it's our borders right now are completely just, we already know this, but it's overrun. Uh, we did a campaign ad covering down on this. But what I can tell you is where the Democrats thought that the largest voting minority in the country would be sympathetic to this open border policy were not. And what we're finding is in areas like Hildago County, where Myra Flores actually just flipped a seat after over 100 years of yeah. being Democrat run, yeah. Yeah. that is because of that policy. So there's a lot. Uh, I can tell you that the Democrat Party has labeled me as a. I'm actually on a watch list with the DCCC, which I don't like. I mean, I'm sure I'm on multiple watch lists, but I mean, the fact is, is that they're very up, out in the open with it. But also, too, now they are having Soros come in and buying up, to buy up Spanish-speaking conservative news outlets, and they're also they launched a 200 million dollar fact-checking initiative to target disinformation um, in Spanish media in regards to politics and health. So what you're going to see is in 2016, you had this massive focus and push by the Democrat Party party on BLM you're actually seeing this now shift to the Hispanic messaging and demographic because it's about control and the largest voting minority in the country is now Hispanic Americans so it just goes to show that the ideologies and those that are controlling the messaging they don't care about what's happening in the black community they don't care about what's happening to the Hispanic community they care about holding power of the United States, and that's why we have to shake it up and buck them off a little bit. But I mean, we have to have fighters and people that know how to do it. I'm not the only one. There's another great candidate, Catalina Lauf. She's running in Illinois. You have Myra Flores, who I'm pretty confident will be getting reelected in November. You have Ca- uh, Cassie Flores in Texas as well. So there's a lot of good conservatives that are coming out and fighting this. But again, not only do we have to fight the left, but we're also, too, sometimes fighting our own party. And so that's really what sets me apart is I'm not from the system, and I'm very proud to say that. (laughs) Thank you, guys. If you at all want to, again, pick up stuff, we'll be here after church. And thank you so much for your time. Oh, yeah, real quick. Andy, come up real quick. They want you to say something. All right.
1: Uh, right. (laughs) Um, Let's see. I was, I was thinking about uh, a youth sergeant major um, and just kind of what you were saying as well, too. <clears throat> Has anyone here seen the, seen the TV series Band of Brothers? Yeah. Uh, really there's bad. a lot of good, there's a lot, as far as military leadership goes and just life lessons, which I think coincide a lot of the times. There's a really good quote from one of the NCOs talking about one of his lieutenants in, in that series, and he says something like, uh, Lieutenant Dyke wasn't a bad leader because he made poor decisions, he was a bad leader because he made no decisions. Right. Right. And I'll, I'll oftentimes I think um, people just don't act. And I think just not acting is just as bad as doing the bad thing. Um, and we see that more now, and now, um, now than ever. So uh, it's really a lot of work, like everything that she's doing. Um, so we appreciate your support because it's, it's aggressive. Um, people say horrible things to her all the time. And I just have to, as the husband, go. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't solve this problem how the military trained me to solve these problems. Um, but that's fine, it's new ROEs and I get that. So, um, but just thank you, S- sincerely thank you for, for your support, it's a lot.
0: Thank you guys.
2: I have to say, Andy, that uh, I was just uh, talking to Danny a week ago about that same scene where, uh, where Dick Winters sends in Lieutenant Spears to relieve Dykes because he's combat ineffective and he's falling apart and he's losing people. And uh, we were just talking about that. And, and that, that you're absolutely right, that display of character how Spears ran in there, runs past the German positions, they're stunned, they can't believe it, and just ends up being a a tremendous hero because he's decisive. And that decisiveness he puts before his own personal interest. And really, quite frankly, that's what makes people heroes in the moment that they live in. And each and every one of us have the opportunity to become a hero like that in our home before our children in our communities, and and I hope we've inspired you today to be that kind of person. You have to step out of your comfort zone. Uh, sometimes you have to do things even with people of your own household or people who are friends of yours. One of the things that disturbs me about uh, the church and Christianity today is that we're very soft. We're very soft. We don't take rebukes well. We don't take criticism well. It's hard to tell Christians. I know this as a pastor. It's hard to get up and say things to people. They, they're going to disappear. You'll never see them again. And um, that's, that is the soft underbelly that we need to toughen up. We need to do something about that. Um, and I really believe it begins with guys like me. It begins with the pastors. I think we have to become absolutely fearless and tell our people, this is what Jesus required. If you can't take a slap in the face, if you can't tell people the truth and, um, and hear it and give it, then we, we need to turn. We need, to, uh, we need a couple more turns on the lathe, if you know what I'm talking about. And so um, I think we do need to toughen up as believers. Um, And I think we're going to get pulled into it. As we get pulled into this, I'll close with this thought. I've had a few people, and we've lost some people in our church because they said, we don't like our church going political. We haven't gone political. We haven't moved. We haven't changed. We're right where we always were. We've been invaded. Politics has invaded us. They have crossed our boundary line. They have kicked our front doors open. They've come into our house, and they have started to take our job away from us. It's our job to say God created them male and female. One of the things that our freedom is based on is property rights. It's one of the cornerstones of the American Constitution and our freedom, property rights. The right of an individual to own. We have not only the right to own the things we work for without them being robbed from us through government regulation. We can still hold the title, but they control everything we do with the things that we own, beginning with our businesses. Not only is that an issue, but our intellectual property, our right to have an opinion, and our freedom of speech to be able to speak that opinion without being canceled and without being shut down. That's a right, a property right, the intellectual property of our mind. And finally, the property right of reason. We are stewards of reality. The enemy lives in a fantasy world. The fact is that they use fantasy as a weapon against us, but the Bible says that God created them male and female. God said that. And we have every right to have that opinion, yet that right to think and to speak, that right of intellectual property is being taken away from us today. We grew up in a world where we believed that our children were our children and that we had a right to raise them. And today, if you don't believe it, you're going to hear a couple of people and, and Dawn Peters will be talking about it on this stage next week, that your right to raise your own child is being taken away from you and you don't even realize it until you go down to a school and stand up to them and say, I want to see what you're teaching, my child. And you'll quickly run in to a force of resistance Those educators today, and of course not all of them, but those educators, they've been infiltrated, believe that They are the ones that have the right to your children. They know better than you do how your children ought to be raised. When you send your kids to universities and pay a fortune and they've hooked you up to a blood IV and draining the financial lifeblood out of your bank accounts to pay for an institution that's corrupted your children and turned them against you after four years, believe me, they believe they own your children. So I got the red tie on the jacket. I sound like I'm running for office. So at any rate um, at any rate, I, I don't I don't think I could ever do what Anna Paulina does. I, I wouldn't have the patience for it. But I want to say, as I listened to her speak, one of the first things in the first few minutes as you spoke that uh, that really occurred to me was everything that you go through behind the scenes. As you were talking about the meeting the meeting with the president, the precursor to that, not knowing, well, what's the strategy? You've walked into a tactical situation. Where is all this coming from? Are these people my friend, are they my enemy? And I thought, my God, we we vote for these people. We think they're just gonna go and they're gonna make speeches and they're gonna vote on things. But every day, your day is filled with these encounters and every one of them are strategic, every one of them are tactical. And I thought to myself, wow, just enduring just lasting through that process no wonder we vote for people we send them there and they break down we wonder how how come he changed how come she flipped on us they get broken down I I think what happens is the Stockholm syndrome (laughs) honestly I think they're taken captive and they just get they get taken over There's a movement of darkness pushing this entire nation into darkness, out of its Christian roots, into the rootlessness of Marxism and hedonism, and the fight is relentless. I think we need to pray for Anna, not just today, but every day, and people like her. They're brave people getting into this fight, and today we've heard just a little bit about what they have to go through Every single day. I sat there thinking, "On, it's not too late. <laughs> you could, could probably go back to med school. And uh, you know, why? Why would you want to do this? Because she's being called. She didn't talk about it today, but I, I heard the testimony. She was called. She was on her way to med school, turned around. The Lord said, I'm calling you into public service calling you into the fight and I just want to say we need to pray for her that she will not get worn down these people need to be built up and not get worn down not get broken down you know you can say well you know what if I don't get invited to a cocktail party big deal yeah but when every single day you are marginalized you are put down you are ridiculed and there's traps every time you go to a meeting there's a trap set for you so I'm trying to make it real for you and, and say to you, we need to be active. You cannot not be there on election day, and push the button or pull the lever or whatever it is for Anna and for people like her. You must do it. You have to do it. And if you don't, you're abdicating your responsibility as a Christian. Before God, I believe Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords, is saying, I bless this nation. I gave you this nation. Uh, Your freedoms came from me. You can't just sit at home and let the devil walk off with them. Because if you do, you're responsible. Sorry, but that's just the way I see it. Praise the Lord. So, you know, if you come here, you're going to hear that kind of stuff. Praise the Lord. All right. Jesus is worthy, stand to your feet.